Welcome to another episode of About Mansfield. I am Steve Casillo, broadcasting from the Sailmark Studios. Colleen Daniel is here, as always, socially distancing from home, along with the About Mansfield news team. This is episode 70. We thank you for being here. Coming up on this episode, it's Mansfield news and weather for the upcoming week. And don't forget the trivia question of the week for a $40 gift card to First Watch Cafe. Let's take a look at the stories we're covering this week. This week, the COVID-19 epidemic in Mansfield is reduced, but stubborn. And some space stories. We will talk budgets, the current political season, and some marital advice as we spend a moment with the mayor. April is Child Abuse Prevention Month, and reporter Stacy Maine continues her month-long series of reports. This week... A request from home improvement specialist Terry Radswin in the Ask Terry segment. Whether it's the hats or the horses, this week's Cocktail of the Week is the best tradition of all. And we'll talk about it later in this episode. Alexa has our seven-day weather forecast. And Steve talks with the Lot Downtown Program Director, Jason Perrin. We are Mansfield's only source for news, talk, and information. This is About Mansfield. Hi, this is Paul Duncan with Trinity Roofing and Construction. There are over 7,500 roofers in the North Texas area, and when a major hailstorm blows through town, that number skyrockets with companies as far away as Montana. In the planning stages of re-roofing your home, it's normal for customers to ask questions such as, where are they based out of and how many years' experience do they have roofing in North Texas? Trinity Roofing and Construction can answer each of these questions with confidence. As a family-owned, Mansfield-based business since 2011, Trinity Roofing and Construction recently received a Product Excellence Award by Owens Corning and are a Platinum Preferred Contractor with Owens Corning. Contact us today for a free, no-obligation video roof inspection. Rated A-plus with the Better Business Bureau, Trinity Roofing and Construction, a Mansfield company, not only replacing roofs, but building relationships. Find us on the web at trinityroofingconstruction.com. That's trinityroofingconstruction.com. Paid political ad by the Von Wynn Jones campaign. Hello, my name is Vaughn Wynn Jones. I came to the US from the UK back in 1990. I've lived, worked and watched as things have changed here over the last 30 years. In the past few years, I started to hear the words, if you don't like it, go home, directed at myself and others. So I became a US citizen to better invest in what I feel is my home. Serving in the State Guard and working as an EMT taught me we face many challenges as a people, and yet there are many ways we can work together to bring about positive changes and usher in a new age of opportunity for everyone. So now, I'm running for City Council Place 4 in beautiful Mansfield, Texas, my home for the last 18 years. There's a lot of great things about this city, and yet there's still a lot more we can do to serve each other during these challenging times. So please, let's help each other make our community stronger. Come join us at helpmansfieldthrive.org. That's helpmansfieldthrive.org. Thank you for listening. I'm Vaughn jones and I'm not a cat. Hey, business owners. Have you thought about growing your business through social media but don't know where to start? Never fear. I'm Sonia Salazar, and Wise Media Group is here offering coaching for do-it-yourself social media marketing, or we can do it for you. We have packages for every budget. Wise Media Group specializes in organic Facebook and Instagram growth. Let's get Mansfield businesses connected in 2021. Give us a call for a free 30-minute consultation at 817-913-2989. That's 817 
913-293-2989. Or find us on social media at Wise Media Group. That's Wise, W-Y-S-E, Media Group on Facebook and Instagram. Wise Media Group, helping you make wise social media marketing decisions in 2021. Hi, I'm Carmen McMillan, Executive Director of Mansfield Mission Center, and you're listening to About Mansfield. Welcome back to About Mansfield. This portion of the news is brought to you by Trinity Roofing and Construction. The COVID-19 epidemic spread is reduced, but stubborn in Mansfield. Roving Science reporter Dennis Webb keeps us up to date. Dennis? Thank you, Steve. On Monday, April 26th, Tarrant County reported that 7,259 Mansfieldians had caught the virus. 6,998 had recovered and 137 had died from the virus since a start over a year ago. We had 36 new cases this past week, a decrease from the week before, still a low number compared to earlier months this year. The county estimates that we now have 261 active cases, the second week a very small increase. It appears that the recent weeks of up and down new and active cases means we're on a plateau in Mansfield, meaning the virus is still here and spreading just at a low level. Mansfield ISD reports 13 active cases among students and three among staff, a decrease from recent weeks well below the numbers we saw in December and January. This past week, Tarrant County reported that 35% of Mansfield citizens had received at least one immunization, compared to 26% countywide and 37% statewide. Note that fully vaccinated percentages are a bit smaller. We had one new COVID-19 death in Mansfield this past week, suggesting that deaths from the January spike are over. Looking at the countywide numbers, most of Tarrant County's epidemic indicators continue to improve, and they recently downgraded our community spread from substantial to moderate. This is great, but we are still not down to contained, which is the goal. Good decrease in weekly fatalities, perhaps a steady downward trend. Countywide hospitalization with the virus has continued its slow but steady decline, with last week's average value of 150 citizens in a hospital bed with the virus. A small decrease over the previous week, and still the lowest hospitalization rate we have seen since May 2020. Another improved indicator, R sub T has dropped to 0.91. What this 0.91 means is for every 100 people the county knows to be infected, they expect these 100 people to infect 91 other people. The epidemic is still here and spreading just at a low level. Tarrant County reports that 17% of all Tarrant County residents have received their final immunization shot. This is progress. Our county judge, Glenn Whitley, encourages all citizens to register to get vaccinated. From the Science Desk at About Mansfield, I'm Dennis Webb. Mansfield City Council held a regularly scheduled meeting on Monday evening, and with us in the studio is uh, Mayor Michael Evans. We call this a moment with the mayor. The following opinions are those of Michael Evans, may not reflect those of the Mansfield City Council. Good morning, Mr. Mayor. Good morning, sir. Good to see you today, Steve. Before we get into what happened or what took place at the City Council meeting, saw you on social media over the weekend. You were at the Mansfield uh, sub-courthouse where 
where the elections are taking place. You were preaching the word. And um, <laughs> what was, uh, well, with, I saw a couple other pastors with you. What was sure. going on out there? And, and, and what's the feeling right now for this uh, political season? This has been some kind of a uh, election season. And um, I, I believe in my heart in civil discourse. I believe that uh, you can you can disagree and um, not go away disagreeable. And uh, this has been one of those uh, years where it's been a lot of uh, quite a few people have been disagreeable. So uh, I, I believe that, that when you go out there and uh, my roots, of course, is uh, is the church and you go out and, and you pray for unity and not care what a person's uh, political ideology is uh, or what group is supporting the other. Boy, you just go out there and you have a prayer of unity. And of course, um, there were other pastors out there. We locked arms uh, together again to show that we are really unified and, and that we have more in common than otherwise. So that's what was going on. You know, I, I, it was Sunday. So uh, yeah. I had my pastor's hat on as opposed to being mayor. And I just want to make sure that our community stays linked together because Mansfield is strong when we are together. And when we wrap this up, I'm going to, I'm going to ask you for some pastoral advice. So, so, All right. so stand by for that. But yes, let's sir. talk about uh, Monday night and a lot of happening, a lot of talk about the budget, especially with an emphasis on police and fire. Well, you know, on um, April the 12th in, in our last uh, meeting, uh, during that work session, we talked about uh, those projects uh, that are still uh, underway or, or those that we hoped uh, to um, uh, to at least get started. One of them was the uh, police and, and fire the driving track. Uh, the other was the uh, fireman's uh, training uh, tower. And uh, we also uh, talked about the expansion of our library, just going in there and, and, and doing some renovations or what have you. And as, as I said, the last time we were together, when we looked at those projects, we determined, when I say we, I'm talking about myself and council, we determined that we needed to do all of them. So uh, the, all we did uh, on this past uh, Monday was kind of put a period uh, behind things, if you would, and say, do all of it uh, because <laughs> our city is growing. And, and then, too, there is a fear that if we delay uh, some of these projects in regard to building materials and otherwise, they're going to just keep skyrocketing. And we think that it will cost the taxpayers of Mansfield more money. So uh, we think we're, we're being good stewards in that regard, and also making sure that the rank and file are taken care of. I always believe, take care of the people who take care of you. And um, that's that's kind of what we saw and uh, what we did on last night. And it's it's exciting to me because I'm watching our city grow. And with the addition or the the moving forward with the library or the the uh, training facility, it, it just makes Mansfield a better city. Well, it, it does. And with that in mind, we also said to the police chief, you know, go out and bring us back some uh, architectural drawings or designs of, of a, a police department, a headquarters. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, rather than kind of adding on to what we have, you know, let, let's, let's look at building a nice headquarters, a facility that uh, will actually accommodate all of the things that we're doing in Mansfield in regard to safety and law enforcement. A lot of people here in Mansfield have already received their COVID vaccination, but uh, those that have still uh, have yet to get it done, COVID-19 vaccination station come to Mansfield? 
Can you believe it? Yes. Nice. Uh, we are working with, we're going to be working with um, our partners with the school district on um, hopefully utilizing the Performing Arts Center as, as the location uh, for the uh, COVID-19 uh, vaccinations. And uh, I do believe, I think I'm right here, that uh, we will be uh, utilizing the uh, Moderna uh, vaccine. And uh, I do know that uh, we want to make sure that as we recognize our place in the, let's say, the Southeast Tarrant County region. So we've got Johnson County, we've got Ellis County. We want to be that place somewhat in the middle so that folks in, in even in the more rural areas can receive the vaccination. And again, um, it's it's people's choice. Uh, they can choose to do it. Uh, but uh, we want to at least make it available for those who do uh, get or want the, the uh, vaccination. That's important to us. And when do you think uh, if this were to come to fruition, when would this happen? Well, actually, we're hoping that it will happen early May. So uh, week one, week two in the month of May. Nice. And uh, and also our um, our own uh, uh, firefighters and, and, and EMT personnel from the city of Mansfield will actually be uh, conducting that. We'll be doing that. Also Monday night, there was talk about a joint meeting with the Mansfield Independent School District. Yes, uh, we are going to be meeting with our, our partners and friends uh, with the uh, school district. Uh, we will meet, as a matter of fact, on the 29th at uh, 6 p.m., and that will be at the Performing Arts Center. And, you know, I invite people to come out and just to watch those interactions because when you think about it, uh, our school district is, again, A-rated, and it serves really as the draw, you know, one of those one of those number one things listed, uh, if you would, as a place where people uh, come to the city of Mansfield because we have such an outstanding uh, school district. So we're working on partnering together and partnering more uh, with our, our district. And um, we think that we should have more of these. So uh, we want the public to come out and just, just see how we, we all work together in order to uh, make Mansfield that great place to live, learn, and play. Anything else on your list that I've missed? Well, you know, let me uh, make mention of a couple of things. On last night, uh, we did have the opportunity to uh, uh, offer proclamations to some some fine people, and uh, in particular, uh, we um, we celebrated the MISD school nutrition staff. I don't know if people really uh, realize that uh, when schools were closed, uh, those folks were still in the kitchen. I mean, they were cooking. They were making sure that our students that they ate. And, um, you know, you, you can't say enough about them and about just the fine work that they continue to do. Uh, also, uh, we uh, recognize our corrections officers and employees. You know, these are oftentimes the people behind the scenes and um, folks rarely get to see them. Uh, you know, I think that's a good thing, you know, but uh, they, they actually, you know, work to keep us all safe and we appreciate that. And uh, we, we, we always appreciate uh, the great work that uh, folks with our historical uh, society that they do. And uh, we recognize them uh, as well. 
And let, let me let me put in a plug for uh, the man house. All right. I would love for people to go by and see the historical man house. Of course, we know that a man uh, served as uh, uh, one of our founders uh, in the city of Mansfield. Mm-hmm. But um, I, I, if you would go by that house and just see the great work that our historical uh, society has done. And um, there are other things to come, you know, so get ready for that. Uh, uh, Mansfield is really continuing to grow. And we're also spotlighting the cultural side of the city of Mansfield. Sure. Out there on West Broad Street, right next door to Man's Best Field yes. dog, dog Park. Yes, the dog park. Yes. Is, is uh, the uh, the man house. Also getting great reviews is the dog park. Oh, my dog loves it. See there? I was going to say, the dogs love it. You know, they applaud every time we go out. While you were Monday night doing city business, I was celebrating my 34th wedding anniversary. Oh. And, uh, and so, as a man of the cloth, do you have any advice for a couple that has been married for 34 years and what to look forward to? Well, you know what? I have been married for 34 years as well. And uh, here's my advice to you, you yes, know, sir. from, from let's say between friends. Okay. This is how you can stay married for, I mean, my God, until death do you part. Here it is. Here it is. Wait for it. Here it is. Here it is. Say, yes, dear. <laughs> You'll make it, my friend. I'm trying to help you. That's the good advice. We'll see you in two weeks. Thank you, sir. I'll see you then. This has been a moment with the mayor on About Mansfield. April is Child Abuse Prevention Month, and reporter Stacy Maine continues her month-long series of reports. And this week, Stacy interviews Caitlin Devlin, Director of Grants and Contracts and Trust-Based Relational Intervention Practitioner with Casa Tarrant County, discussing the importance of treating trauma in children. Stacy, What are ACEs and what does that measure? ACEs is an acronym. It stands for Adverse Childhood Experiences. And it all came from a study done in the 90s where they discovered that having difficult, adverse, traumatic experiences in childhood creates uh, negative physical health and behavioral health impacts later in life. Um, and there are 10 different ACEs. There are five things that happen to you and there are five things that happen around you. In the study and then when people look at ACEs, currently, they ask people, did you experience one of these 10 things, um, yes or no? And then you essentially add up all the things that, yes, you experienced that one. And so it's, did you experience physical abuse, emotional abuse, sexual abuse, physical neglect, emotional neglect, the five things that happened to you? And then did you experience a household member who had a mental illness, a household member who is, um, or a relative who was incarcerated, if your mother was treated violently when you were a child, if there was a household member who had a substance abuse problem, or if your parents were divorced during childhood. So those 10 things, you get a point for if it was a yes, you did experience those. And we found that the higher number that ACE score is, the the more of those things you experience, the more likely you are for poor health outcomes later in life. So we're always hearing the term, children are resilient, they'll do fine. Is that something we should be looking at? Should we be saying that? Or should we uh, readjust our way of thinking about how children do handle these ACEs? Yes. uh, What a great question. So it is such a miraculous thing that kids' brains and adults' brains are plastic, that people can heal and recover from all kinds of traumatic experiences, and we have all of these different um, treatments uh, that are available to help people heal and recover from trauma, and and with that, reduce some of the other poor health outcomes and and lead a healthier life. We have ways that we can help children and adults recover, Uh, but we also don't want to rely on that, of course. We want to prevent 
these adverse experiences from happening to kids so that we don't have to, to do treatment later in life, that we minimize that stress for them. Um, and so it's we don't want to bank on plasticity and resiliency for kids. We want to do the really important prevention work. Um, but knowing that there is hope for any kid or adult to heal and recover from traumatic childhood experiences. What does it take to get over trauma? What are some of the things that you've seen people have to go through to get to the other side of some of those ACEs? So we have a few different types of treatment and a lot of this can be done in talk therapy. So talking to a mental health care provider, but we also see research showing that just really strong, supportive, healthy, safe relationships, having people in your life that you turn to when you feel stressed out or afraid and having the stability that those warm, safe relationships bring, that's a really big part of people recovering from trauma. So we have that relationship foundation. And then from there, some of the common themes we see in different types of treatment for trauma include a few different concepts, but primarily it's a lot of people look truthfully at what they went through. They kind of process through that, those adverse experiences. They look at it and they talk through it and they start telling that story, that narrative. So looking truthfully at what they went through as part of that healing process. For some people, forgiveness can be a big part of the healing process as well, but it may not be necessary for for everyone. So working at forgiving the people knowing, you know, especially in this case for foster care, child abuse and neglect, just knowing that a lot of caregivers, they give the best they have to give and, and being able to reconcile that. But then there's also, we see a lot of people still having to have the justice and the accountability piece, and that often comes with healthy boundaries. Um, and so, so those kind of three concepts, the, the truth, the forgiveness or reconciliation, and the boundaries and that self-care piece, those are really important components we see in a lot of recovery from trauma. We've talked a little bit about how trauma affects our overall health, but it really does affect our brain as well. Isn't that right? That is right. Trauma has really clear, even though it may not be easy for someone just to see if you're looking at someone, you can't tell if they've gone through abuse or neglect or had an adverse experience in childhood, but it leaves its mark on the brain, especially for a kid whose brain is still developing. Um, but yes, any kind of traumatic event changes your brain physiologically. It has an impact on your nervous system, it has an impact on your digestive system, and so the whole your whole body is impacted by trauma. I found as a CASA that a lot of times, not just that the children are going through their own trauma, which is that whatever it was that led to them being removed from their home, but then talking to the parents, we find that they have their own ACEs that they've had to deal with. So what are, what can we do to, to kind of help, I guess, in a bigger global uh, sense? I love that question. There are some policies that we know can, can help with um, reducing child abuse and neglect and that trauma overall. Poverty, if we can lower the poverty level, that is one of the biggest things we can do to help prevent adverse childhood experiences. So many of these stressors are related to just the stress of poverty, and we see that ACEs happen to every person across all socioeconomic levels. And so we, we absolutely still see uh, wealthier families and kids have really high ACEs. Um, but we know one of the most preventable ways to, um, to prevent those ACEs from happening is just reduce poverty. And there are lots of means by which um, that can happen. But that reducing poverty on a large scale is one of the best things we can do to prevent child abuse and, and the adverse childhood experiences. 
kind of talk about the different ways trauma comes out. Yes. Um, so we see that everyone has different personalities. They have different ways of processing their emotions, processing their experiences. Uh, we even see just different levels of grit or resiliency, and that can be impacted and we can develop that. But every kid is so different. Um, one of the things I found helpful is sometimes looking at behaviors as externalizing or internalizing. So we have kids who may act out, and we call that externalizing. They may hit or throw something. They might be really angry, and they might throw temper tantrums. And then we also see kids who what we call act in or have internalizing behaviors, and those are the kids who you see their face and they shut down. They withdraw. They may cry. They may retreat and isolate themselves. And we see that really as an association for fight or flight behaviors. And so, so often um, when a kid is feeling afraid, if they're feeling that actively, they might act out and throw temper tantrums. And that could be them going into a fight mode because they feel afraid in that moment. Or you have a kid who they're upset and they're stressed out from adverse child experiences. They may get quiet and cry and isolate themselves. And that might be a flight um, response for them because they feel afraid in that moment. And so what we try to help our advocates do through a trauma-informed lens is to help kids feel safe, to help them feel safe through safe, trusting relationships as one of the ways to prevent the child from feeling that fight-or-flight response. And so if kids feel safer, that can help reduce some of those um, behaviors and some of the challenges they have with how, to, how their bodies are processing the experiences that they've had. What can schools do to help kids in trauma? I mean, especially when you were talking about, you know, this economic crisis that we've had. We've had parents that have lost jobs and, you know, food insecurity. What can schools or maybe even the community as a whole, what can they do to help? Like I said, with the, the poverty piece, so if there are any supports just to reduce that stress on families, I know that some schools have had um, an increase or even additions to food programs where they provide food for the entire family. They're on weekends or they have stores in the school where kids can afford um, or like lower cost items that they could use for their families. And so very tangible supports for just feeding kids is a big way to reduce the stress on families. But then within the classroom too, for teachers and faculty, they have so much going on. My spouse is a teacher and so it's, I know it's been a hard year for them too, but anything that we can do to collectively help kids feel safe. Um, and so that means seeing them, you know, and I'm, I'm a big proponent of if they have to go to the bathroom, let them come to the bathroom. Like we want to see those physical needs and meet those physical needs as a way to help kids feel safe in the classroom. Um, and, and so there are lots of ways just to reduce the stress on kids within the classroom too. And that can help kids recover, feel safer, and ultimately reduce uh, challenging behaviors in the classroom as well. But anything to reduce stress on kids in the classroom and then just more supports to reduce the, the stress of poverty that a lot of families are feeling. I was speaking with Caitlin Devon, Director of Grants and Contracts and Trust-Based Relational Intervention Practitioner with CASA of Tarrant County, discussing the importance of treating trauma in children. Reporting for About Mansfield, I'm Stacy Main. It's time right now for the Ask Terry segment. Terry Radzwin is our resident home improvement specialist, and he answers your questions about the place that you call home. Terry. Hi there, faithful About Mansfield listeners. It's your friendly home improvement specialist, Terry Radzwin. If you can't remember hearing me on the podcast the past few weeks, you're not losing it. 
you haven't heard me. If I've said it once, I've said it a thousand times. There is no me without you. I need your questions. After all, the segment is called Ask Terry, and the cupboard is bare right now. So think hard and hit me with your best shot. Questions, topics, problems, projects, advice for the lovelorn. Doesn't matter. Email them to askterry at aboutmansfield.com. I should be back next week with a dynamic and hard-hitting piece of podcasting, but it's all up to you. Reporting for About Mansfield, I'm Home Improvement Specialist. Terry Radswin. Once again, you could submit your home improvement questions to askterry at aboutmansfield.com. Terry returns next week to tackle another question. Perhaps yours? Look to the skies, Mansfield. Science reporter Dennis Webb has some updates from space. There's a lot going on in space this week. Here are some highlights. First, an update on Ingenuity, the little helicopter on Mars. Over the weekend, it made its second and third flights. On the last, the helicopter rose to 16 feet above the surface of Mars, zipped downrange 164 feet, flew back to where it started, and landed. The flight took 80 seconds. These flights appear to complete the major engineering objectives of the technology demonstration project, but the wizards at Jet Propulsion Laboratory will figure out how far it can be pushed to do some actual scientific observations from high above the Perseverance rover that crawls slowly across the surface. Also notable, closer to home, a SpaceX Dragon capsule carried four humans to the International Space Station, temporarily giving the station a crew of 11 the largest number of people together in space since the space shuttle last visited 10 years ago. These crew members flew in a capsule that had previously been to space on a first-stage rocket that had done earlier launches. This is called reusability. The space station's bedrooms are tiny little soundproof compartments, each big enough to hold a person in a sleeping bag, a reading light and writing surface, an open laptop, and a few personal effects. There are only perhaps nine such bedrooms spread around the several modules provided by various countries, as a layout was done when that was thought to be the largest number of people regularly sleeping aboard, as the crew crews have all rotated in groups of three until these days. Like a family gathering at a remote cabin, when all the beds are full, the leftover kids sleep on a sofa or pallet on the floor. At Cabin ISS, the two people without bunks get sleeping bags that can be attached to an out-of-the-way place on a wall or a ceiling or a floor. It doesn't really matter. Later this week, four of the crew members who have been there for six months will depart on their own SpaceX Dragon capsule, coming back to Earth, and the two new kids will get big kid bunks. Finally, an important milestone achieved on our way back to having Americans back on the surface of the moon. This week, NASA awarded SpaceX a nearly $3 billion contract to build the lander to ferry astronauts to and from the surface of the moon. This will happen after Lockheed Martin's Orion space capsule gets them close to the moon. Our national goal is to have the first woman and next man land on the moon in 2024, and in the business is called a sporty schedule, but it is possible. It may seem odd that the familiar-looking Orion capsule was originally contracted in 2012, and we're just now making a contract for the exotic lunar lander. In the Apollo program, the lander was also the last element to go on contract because, counterintuitively, landers have a much simpler job. The lander will only fly in the vacuum of space, a hostile but rigorously predictable environment. Engineers love rigorously predictable environment. 
The lander does not have to consider aerodynamics because it lives its whole life in a vacuum, and all of its flying is pretty much straightforward physics, including landing on the moon. It doesn't have to be operational during its launch off the Earth, only survive the launch intact. The Orion capsule has to do all these, these same things in space, but also keep its crew alive during several different events, starting with a bone-shaking launch and acceleration to maximum dynamic pressure during the ascent. This maximum dynamic pressure is called Max-Q. When Orion comes back to Earth, it has to control its attitude through the harrowing hot plasma like a shooting star, then develops the capsule as it falls through the ever-thickening atmosphere as the capsule slows down. To understand how to survive this, you, you're working in hypersonic aerodynamics, and hypersonic aerodynamics are really weird. Things go backwards and upside down. It, it's, it's really weird. Oh, and the capsule has to keep the crew alive and not burned up while riding this fireball home. From the science desk at About Mansfield, I'm Dennis Webb. It's a cocktail that's as deep in tradition as the horses who run for the roses. Brian Certain knows all about it and is serving one up right now on the Cocktail of the Week. Brian? Whether you love the Kentucky Derby for the people watching and all those hats or the horse racing, one thing is certain. This week's Cocktail of the Week is the Derby's signature mint julep, and it's the best tradition of all. The mint julep is a concoction of bourbon, mint, sugar, and water served over heaps of crushed ice in a signature silver or pewter cup. And although the race itself may only last a couple of minutes, derby fans keep sipping their mint juleps long into the afternoon. Curious about the history of this favorite southern libation? Pay attention. The julep got its start as a medicinal concoction used to settle the stomach, like several other cocktails we've talked about. But as a cocktail, it blossomed in the American South in the late 1700s with a decidedly elite air, because not everyone had access to ice or the silver or pewter cups in which the drink was served. Known as the unofficial drink of the South, the mint julep became the official drink of the Kentucky Derby in 1938, and nearly 120,000 mint juleps have been sold at the Kentucky Derby every year since. And while it may seem on the surface that the drink is only associated with the Kentucky Derby, when I dug a little deeper, I found that the history of the mint julep is as muddled as the mint drink itself. Yes, dad jokes come out even on the podcast. And don't shake your head. You would have gone there too, and you know it. But first, we're going to take a look at the word julep itself. It's believed that the word is derived from the Perusian gulab, as well as the Arab word jula, which both translate into rose water or sweetened water. And this association is highlighted by the modern drink Sweet Nature. One of the first references to the mint julep goes back as far as 1784. The ties to the Kentucky Derby do stretch back a ways to 1938 when it was declared the official drink of the sporting event. And there's no real explanation as to why this happened, but it did. And we all benefit now once a year because of it. And while today the official bourbon of the Kentucky Derby is Old Forester, previously was early times bourbon, racegoers can now pony up to $1,000 for a mint julep made in a Woodford Reserve cup made with Woodford Reserve bourbon served with a gold-plated glass with a silver straw. Quick side note, in fact, the straw was invented 
to drink the mint julep. More on that later. Don't worry about taking notes as I'm giving out the ingredients in the instructions. They are posted always on bourbongospel.com. Now, personal note, I have not always liked the mint julep. My palate luckily has developed, but I still remember my favorite recipe from the time when I didn't care for the mint julep. The ingredients, the finest bourbon that you can afford, whatever that is. For me, that might be a Booker's or a Baker's or something along those lines. You're going to need about eight or ten mint leaves, and you're going to need about an ounce of simple syrup and two glasses. In the first glass, I want you to place the bourbon in the glass and I want you to set it aside. In the second glass, you're going to place the mint and the simple syrup and you're going to gently combine those flavors together with a muddler. You're going to combine them gently over several minutes to gently pull those flavors together of the sickening sweet syrup and the the mint and the, the smell of it. And just take your time as you gently muddle those two things together. Add ice to the second glass and, and gently swirl it in the glass. And then I want you to take that second glass and everything in it, throw it in the trash, and drink the bourbon. That was my version of a mint julep. Now I'm going to give you the actual recipe for a true mint julep. Two ounces, again, if we're being official, of Orb Forrester 100 proof bourbon. Again, use the best bourbon you have for the mint julep. You're going to take a half ounce of simple syrup. You're going to take four to six mint leaves and crushed ice. You're going to muddle the mint in the glass to express the essential oils. You're then going to add the bourbon and the syrup and the crushed ice. You're going to gently then pour the glass into another glass to combine the flavors and then add additional ice on the top. As always, I'm open to hear your take and your input. You can reach me at bourbongospel at gmail.com. And until next week, as Mark Twain says, too much of anything is bad, but too much whiskey is barely enough. Reporting for the About Mansfield podcast, I'm Brian Certain. Saturday is National Start Seeing Monarchs Day. Each year, on the first Saturday in May, this day raises awareness to preserve the monarch butterfly and prevent it from being added to the endangered species list. Let's see if the weather is going to cooperate as you trek outside to see some butterflies. Alexa is still on hiatus, so what do you say you and I take a look at the forecast for the next week? The biggest chances of rain take place Wednesday and Thursday. Wednesday, we have a high of 83 with scattered thunderstorms, 60% chance of rain. Thursday will be a high of 74 with rain showers and a high of 65 degrees. Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, and Tuesday are all partly cloudy skies ranging from 75 up to 88 degrees. In fact, Monday may reach a high of 90. And Saturday, if you want to go out around town and take a look for some butterflies, very, very small chance of rain, 5% chance of rain with a high of 81 degrees. According to the Tarrant Regional Water District, Mansfield sprinkler controllers can remain in the off position this week, thanks to last week's late rainfall, along with widespread heavy rain that is expected midweek this week. If you think your lawn needs watering, keep your system off until the weekend and only water as needed. Use a rain gauge to track your lawn's rainfall and use it to adjust to the weekly watering advice. 
Combined with the recommended cycle and soak settings, this is the way to effectively manage the water portion of your utility bill. You can always view a map of watering recommendations for North Texas at waterisawesome.com. Congratulations to Tammy Miller, who was the first person to email the correct answer to last week's trivia question. What high school did Stefan Taylor attend and when did he graduate? Taylor attended Mansfield High School and graduated in 2009. Tammy has won a $25 gift card to Stevens Garden and Grill. After the break, this week's trivia question of the week. I'm Colleen Daniel, and this is about Mansfield. Hey, Mansfield. Did you know cannabis is legal in Texas? I'm Sonia Salazar, co-owner of Wise Wellness. As cannabis educators and advocates, we can answer any questions you have regarding hemp-derived CBD. Wise Wellness carries a variety of products, including oils, topicals, edibles, and pet products. We are located on FM 157 beside Mansfield Fun Jewelry. As a thank you to the About Mansfield podcast listeners, we are offering a buy one, get one free special on select products. Just mention the podcast at checkout. Follow us on social media for our latest updates. Search for Wise Wellness. That's WISE, W-Y-S-E, Wellness on Facebook and Instagram. See you soon. Did you know that Southwestern Adventist University is located right in our backyard? With a small, safe campus, SWAU provides a Christ-centered learning environment with hands-on experiences and dedicated professors. For a limited time, local freshmen enrolling for fall 2021 will receive a stackable $3,000 scholarship. Are you a future or current teacher? Earn your bachelor's or your master's in education at Southwestern Adventist University. Learn more by visiting swau.edu. Hey, it's Steve Casillo. I want to take a second to tell you about Podcast Mansfield Recording Studio. It's where we record and produce our weekly About Mansfield episodes. Podcast Mansfield is a full-service studio with recording, editing, mixing, and mastering capabilities, and can even help market your podcast. Podcast Mansfield is home to such great local shows, such as Ask Philip. The Face-Off Spot, and Daughter of the Other Woman, just to name a few, and handles post-production duties for remote clients, such as Coaching Through Chaos out of San Diego and Military Resource Radio from Detroit. So whether you're a hands-on person who just needs a place to record your podcast or need the help from concept to completion, Podcast Mansfield is there to help. Conveniently located on Heritage Parkway, just off of 287 in Mansfield. For more information on starting your podcast, or if you're looking Looking for a better place to record? Podcast Mansfield Recording Studio can be found on the internet at podcastmansfield.com. That's podcastmansfield.com. Your logo or emblem defines who you are, so why not show it off with custom printed shirts? I'm Dana Wood with Ohana Screen Printing. We are a custom screen printing company and can print your design or help you create a new design. While t-shirts are our specialty, we can print on all kinds of apparel such as masks, hoodies, bags, you name it. Ohana means family and that's exactly why we started Ohana Screen Printing, to bring our family and community together through creative expression. We look forward to adding you to our family. Rest assured that when you do business with Ohana Screen Printing, that your dollars stay local as we are a family-owned business based right here in Mansfield. If you're part of a business, organization, or sports team looking to make a visual presence, hit us up on Facebook or ohanascreenprinting.com. That's ohanascreenprinting.com. Paid political ad by the Von Wynn Jones campaign. Hello, I'm Von Wynn Jones. I came to the U.S. back in 1990 and have loved living here in Texas. 
and in 2018, I proudly became a US citizen to better invest in my home. Serving in the State Guard and working as an EMT has taught me we face many challenges, and yet there are many ways we can work together to bring about positive change for everyone. So now I'm running for city council in beautiful Mansfield, Texas, my home for the last 18 years. I'm Vaughn Wynne Jones. Come join us at helpmansfieldthrive.org. That's helpmansfieldthrive.org. It's time right now for the highly coveted, wildly popular trivia question of the week. This month, we dust off a few unclaimed gift cards. The first person to email the correct answer to trivia at aboutmansfield.com will receive $40 in brunch bucks to First Watch Cafe. They're located at the Shops Abroad. First Watch is an award-winning breakfast, brunch, and lunch favorite that specializes in both traditional and innovative creations, all freshly created to order. You can find them on the internet at firstwatch.com. Let's get to this week's question, Colleen. Well, Steve, Mansfield ISD's R.L. Anderson Stadium was the lone hotspot for Friday Night Lights for many years here in Mansfield. To accommodate a growing school district, Mansfield ISD constructed a second and much larger facility, the Vernon Newsom Stadium. This week's trivia question is, what year did Vernon Newsom Stadium open and what is its official seating capacity? Email your answer to trivia at aboutmansfield.com. Again, what year did Vernon Newsom Stadium open and what is its official seating capacity? Good luck, and thanks to First Watch Cafe for the gift card. Welcome back to another segment of About Mansfield. I'm Steve Casillo as we make the transition from news to talk. And in the studio today, I, I feel like we've, we've got a little bit of a scoop here, because uh, even though it's going to be released a little bit later on on the Internet today, we have, uh, we have the exclusive, at least for just a few hours. Here in the studio today, we have the program director for The Lot Downtown. His name is Jason Perrin. Welcome to About Mansfield. Uh, thank you for having me. And just before we get into uh, the the exclusive of what we what I was just referring to is that uh, we've got the the spring summer schedule that we're going to be releasing here on the on the podcast uh, for uh, for the lot downtown. Before we get into that, let's find out a little bit about Jason Perrin because the lot downtown has really upped its game in the past uh, in the past couple of years, even though. A great deal of that was closed because of COVID last year. Mm -hmm. But looking at the schedule that we are going to talk about, we're talking about festivals and themed stuff and 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 movies and parties and and a lot more stuff than than the once or twice a month that that Mansfield's uh, Mansfield residents have come to know uh, for the lot in the past. So let's talk about Jason Perrin. And your experience in the entertainment industry. The little bit that I do know about you is that you used to book the bands at Six Flags. Correct. Let's start with, how'd you get started in the entertainment industry? Um, I didn't want a real job. That's uh, probably the best way to put it. Um, I think for me, it started in, in high school with a, um, a love of theater and music and 
you know, I, I did stuff on stage as an actor and a singer and a dancer and performer. And then everybody kept telling me that I had no talent and I shouldn't be doing it. Um, so then I discovered backstage and that changed my life. You know, it was um, finding this new love of still being involved in all these, you know, entertainment, um, you know, forms of media but I didn't have to be on stage. Like this is the first time I've ever been on radio and the last time I will ever be on radio. Um, unless Steve pays me to come back next time. But, uh, you know, I, I'm a behind the scenes person and, you know, from high school doing theater, um, to touring with bands and, um, as a guitar tech, uh, uh, lighting guy, tour manager, uh, left that. This is the long version. Uh, left That's that. Okay. We got, okay. We got all time in the world. You, you have an edit button. Um, you know, left that to go work on uh, cruise ships. You know, I yeah. uh, toured all through North America with uh, Canadian bands, and that's where I grew up, was in Vancouver, Canada. Then went and worked on cruise ships for a few years and met my, my future wife. And uh, after we decided to get married, we relocated to Texas, and I did work for Six Flags for seven years and started a program there called Live and Local and booked... Uh, 500 bands a year uh, for them. And the catalyst for Live and Local was on tour previously to moving to Texas. Um, I remember playing a show in Abilene with the band and then driving to play a show in Deep Ellum and driving by Six Flags and going, man, that'd be a cool place to play one day, to go play at a theme park. And then when I moved here, I got asked to start a program and I took that concept of driving by the park saying, how can I make it cool for a band to come and perform here? Yeah, And that's, that's you know, my version of live and local and and we were booking two bands a day every day that we were open it's a lot of it was, a lot of it was a lot of work <laughs> um, but it, it was fantastic um you know then i left uh, Six Flags and went to um, the Gaylord Hotel and I was the event uh, manager for ICE, um, the Christmas attraction there. Sure. Um, I got a lot of Christmas experience at Six Flags. I was responsible for um, production for all the haunted houses and, and uh, you know, Santa's workshops and, you know, mm-hmm. uh, managed a team that pulled all that stuff together. And uh, yeah, worked for them. Um, and then I got a great offer to move to Washington, D.C. to go work for Live nation and at the uh, the Fillmore up there and then uh, we decided to move back to Canada where I'm from you know mm-hmm. um, spent a year and a half up there uh, with the family and I kept looking back at Texas and Vancouver is known as a no fun city by the locals and you know in <laughs> what I do and my wife is in entertainment as well no fun city means not a lot of work and not a lot of fun and right. you know um so we kept looking back here and I saw the lot being built and I saw, you know, Texas live and then, you know, the Epic and Grand Prairie. I'm like, there's so much happening down there. Why did we move to Canada? <laughs> so we decided to move back and decided we're never leaving Texas again. Nice. Um, so came back, I worked with a, uh, uh, production company here, a couple of them doing a lot of large corporate private events and different experiences. I was involved with Enchant, uh, the Christmas attraction that happened at the ballpark and involved at Luminova last year, a lot of holiday attractions. And then I was fortunate to get 
that to me with the lot board. Uh, when I came out to an event, I'm like, wow, this place is great. You know, I'd, and I'd love to love to help. And Mansfield's my new home. You know, I want to uh, I want to help as much as I can and love downtown. And then joined the board and got to uh, meet a lot of really great people and saw what we were doing and and you know were was able to make some suggestions and mm-hmm. and uh, you know got everybody you know got us all talking about what can we do to uh, improve the programming. So we're, we're I'll leave it there and you can continue. Oh, okay. <laughs> now we're going to talk about the lot and again, in my opinion, the the, the this year the lot has really upped its game. You're on the lot board, Mm -hmm. but as you told me just before we started recording... This is not about you. This is about the team that put this together. No, I I think there was a realization that we needed to do better. Um, And, you know, the, the conversations went from instead of focusing on artists, let's focus on experiences. So... This year's programming and hopefully programming moving forward is more focused on the overall experience. When you walk in, what do you see? What do you smell? What do you hear? How do you feel? Uh, how does it taste? All of that is taken into consideration with programming. And then being fortunate to be enough to be on the board at the lot, um, I also got involved with uh, HMBA and realized that there was um, a bridge that needed to be built to work more downtown um, with the local businesses. All right, let's take a look at the schedule because I'm looking at uh, looks about uh, 15 events going on between June 5th and July 31st, which would be the spring-summer schedule. Typical, yeah. Okay. I see a Microfest. We're starting off with June 5th, the Microfest. Let's talk about Under the Big Top. Under the Big Top. So this is this is our big family event. We are bringing the circus to Mansfield, and they're going to be performing on the stage. We call it Under the Big Top, but the Big Top is the stage. Okay. Uh, yeah. So we'll, we'll clear that up right now. Uh, <laughs> so um, it's not false advertising. Um, but yeah, we will have uh, Lone Star Circus, who operates um, just north of Dallas, and they do a lot of shows at the Dallas Children's Theater, and we are bringing them down for um, a show on the 5th. And this is going to be a little bit different. We're trying a few different things. This will be a ticketed event. You do need to purchase a ticket to come to this event. Most of our other events are free, uh, but this is our ticketed event that we hope people will come out to. The next week, uh, June 11th, you've got uh, movie night. So we're you're continuing the the movie theme throughout the summer that you've been doing in the past, and uh, what's what's the movie on uh, June eleventh? Uh, so June eleventh, uh, our, our movies were always extremely successful, mm-hmm. and you know we we and it's expense wise it, it makes sense to put on a movie and a lot of people show up. So we are going to up the game with our movie nights, and we're now calling instead of just individual movies, we we've kind of put a brand together for all of the movie nights, and we're calling it Night Flicks, and. On June 11th, we're going to be showing uh, Sing, uh, which is one of my favorites. I don't know if you've ever had the opportunity to see it, but it's a really, really good uh, animation movie. I don't think I've seen it. You need to see it. Well, you need to come out and see it. Okay. How about that? That's a deal. I'll, I'll be there on uh, June 11th. Uh, Actually, Steve, I'm going to make you a deal to make sure that you come and see it. Okay. Before every movie, I'm booking a solo performer to sing before every movie to entertain the guests because people show up when it's still light, but we don't play the movie until it's dark. Right. I will book you right now telling everybody June 11th, Steve Cosio will be playing in front of Sing. Because I, because I perform Sing Along songs. There you go. 
June 11th at June the lot. Oh my gosh. There okay. Go. Cool. June 12th, the following night, you mentioned a jazz fest. Well, you got jazz and blues festival and let's talk about, you caught my attention with blues. So the downtown jazz and blues festival at the lot, um, we've got some really good entertainment lined up and we're, again, it's about the experience. So it's, you know, thinking about some of the other jazz and blues events that happen around town. Um, it's, it's fun to go to. There's barbecue, there's beer, there's, um, you know, activities for all ages and vendors for all ages. So um, that night uh, we have secured uh, Mr. Michael Lee uh, to headline. Um, and uh, Michael is a very talented performer. A lot of people might know him from The Voice. And then we've also have a couple of local acts, uh, Retrophonics out of Fort Worth. Uh, fantastic band. Highly recommend you check him out. And then we had a fantastic performer during our A Lot to Love in Mansfield video programs that we were producing right. in 2020, uh, Kirk Thurmond, who, when I talked to these artists about all coming together, they were extremely excited saying this is the best bill I've ever been on. Wow. Yeah. And this will be a free show. And it will happen right there at the lot. It will happen right there at the lot. So three events in June, but July is an extremely busy month. Yes. So the, we are fortunate um, to have a lot of rentals um, coming up at the lot. And in between June 12th and the July 2nd, um, those weekends are be filled with uh, with rentals. And, you know, we are a venue as well as a uh, promoter of events. And uh, we got to pay the bills. So uh, we'll be doing that with some rentals. Fourth of July weekend, you've got uh, a couple of events, and go ahead and uh, let's fill in what's going on that weekend. Yeah, so we, um, we on the Friday are going to be um, having what we're calling the Dog Days of Summer, and this will be part of our Nightflix series. Uh, we will be showing Secret Life of Pets 2 that night, but earlier... Um, you know, before the movie starts, we're going to do a little pet festival. And, you know, we're partnering with uh, uh, businesses downtown to welcome pets downtown into their businesses and do things for them and, and bring your pets downtown and hang out. We'll have a lot of vendors and activities for dogs and some special entertainment. And uh, we'll watch Secret Life of Pets and bring your pooper scooper with you. And so I would assume then the pets would be also invited to watch the movie. Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. And so going back to Sing, Sing is the day before our downtown jazz and blues festival. So it's it's part of our weekend theme um, for, for that weekend. The next movie night on July 9th is a uh, is a family movie. It's actually one of my favorite movies. Uh, the original yeah. of the movie was was uh, was fantastic with Robin Williams. Yes. And then you've got Jumanji coming up. Uh, have you themed around Jumanji 2? With uh, with uh, the July 9th family movie night, um, there, there's not much theme around Jumanji. the The idea was that that movie came out during COVID, you know, and a lot of people didn't get to go to the theater to see it. Mm -hmm. And the Juman that's Jumanji two, the new one uh, with uh, with the Rock. And you know, we really thought that that'd be a great family event that everybody would would enjoy, and that wasn't an animation. So we thought it'd be good, and maybe we can do some jungle, you know, type <laughs> event scavenger hunts. I'm sure we can. We we can add that on there. That's right. Yeah. And then the following night uh, comes one of my favorite events in all of Mansfield, and, and that's Meet Mugs and Music. Yes. <laughs> it really should be Music, Meet, and Mugs, because everybody's really showing up for the music as far as... Uh, that's why I show I, up. Yeah, absolutely. So Meet Mugs and Music, uh, for us this year, we are, we are looking a little bit more... Americana traditional country um, festival. And, you know, the mugs are 
typically involved in those. Meat is typically involved in those. Um, so it's just a really good, uh, you know, you get a big mmm from, from coming to this, uh, this event. And will it still be the meat, the steak cook-off? So we, we have actually just recently uh, confirmed that we will be doing a cook-off. It will be different than the past. We're not doing a steak dinner um, that was uh, there the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're going to focus on the, uh, the food competition, but we're inviting businesses to come and put a team together and come and compete at Meat Mugs and Music. Who's on the lineup that night? Not that I'm mm. trying to wiggle my way into that <laughs> one. So we, we've got some really good um, acts that I'm pretty excited about. Uh, Mr. Jesse Robb Jr. Sure. Um, he was actually supposed to perform Meat Mugs and Music last year, but we had to obviously push it towards this year. And then a big local favorite, Big Joe Walker. I'm excited to have him. And there's a really good up-and-coming band um, in the scene now called Texacana. It's a little bit more Americana style. The others are a little bit more country. Mm-hmm. And then local hometown favorite, uh, Mr. Brad Russell, will be opening the day. Former guest right here on the About Mansfield podcast. There you go. Following that, uh, the next weekend, July 16th, uh, you got a couple of events going on. The, another night, uh, night flicks, mm-hmm. which, which is? Which is Raya. Raya. Uh, which is actually being shown on, on uh, Disney Plus right now. So we'll be showing it live. Talk about July 17th, the next night. July 17th. I'm so excited about this because one. Because this is your wheelhouse. This, this is. I, I love Christmas. You yes. know? So July um, 17th, we are doing Christmas in July in downtown Mansfield. We're going to redecorate Mansfield for Christmas. And we are going to be hosting a run, essentially a Santa run. So 5K, all that. I hope to have a whole bunch of large jelly jello dudes dressed like Santa Claus running up and down uh, Mansfield, Texas. So it, it will be it will happen in the morning. This will be this will be a, a morning event at the lot and then downtown Mansfield will be following suit with decor and then the partnerships with the different businesses on fun Christmas things to do in July. Christmas in July. And I, I believe we've secured Santa. We're gonna pull him from the beach as well uh, during during the summertime. Yeah. Uh, he's going to fly and just do our event, and then he's, he's back on vacation. We have two more weekends to go. We get uh, July 23rd and 24th, and then the final weekend, July 30th and 31st. We're uh, talking about the lot downtown and their schedule. July 23rd and 24th, I see under the atmosphere column, women empowerment. Women empowerment. Do it. Let's talk uh, about it. Girls rule. You know, so what we've uh, put together for this weekend is a combo. The movie will follow suit with the uh, um, with the event on the Saturday. Uh, we're calling it Women Rock the Lot. And we are going to be focusing on empowering uh, women in business and uh, local women leaders and, um, you know, some great talent on stage. We're going to have uh, Forever Mac, uh, Fleetwood Mac uh, Tribute Act, uh, Maylee Thomas, who's a lot favorite, and then uh, another local uh, young lady that's uh, up and coming, uh, Cameron. Cameron. Is going to Cameron open up. Sings. Cameron Sings is going to be opening up for us. So that's some, some f- we're going to empower young Cameron, um, you know, and her future. <laughs> nice. Yeah. So, and then the movie the night before, I'm excited. I haven't seen it yet, is uh, Wonder Woman 84. And then the final weekend for the spring summer schedule is July 30th and 31st. And uh, this one looks like a big event a uh, of, of Royal. What's, tell me about the uh, the Royal Tea Party. The Royal Tea Party. We, we want the kids to come out and have some fun and play dress up. You know, we um, uh, dress up in your prince 
princess gowns and costumes or your your hero costumes uh, dressed as the prince or whatever you want to do and come out and we're going to have a, a basically a royal tea party but it's, it's a big royal ball we'll, we'll have dance parties and tea parties and um, again this is going to be in conjunction with uh, the businesses downtown um, a lot of us are talking about doing a prep you know at the different hairdressers the everybody all the ladies the young ladies can come and get their hair done and yeah. and all that. It, it'll be fun we're, we're, we're still finalizing a lot of it but um, that, that's definitely going to be a fun day for the kids and then um, our goal is to show uh, the new live action Cinderella uh, that evening very cool yeah once you get all the glitter cleaned up mm-hmm. it's time for the last event of the spring summer event uh, schedule and it's another festival. Yes. Tell us about it. So th- this one I'm, I'm actually probably the most excited of. Um, this is called Texas Fusion Festival. And the goal with Texas Fusion Festival is to introduce our guests to new senses, new smells, new tastes, new sounds. Um, it's a multicultural festival. So uh, we're going to have different types of food, different types of vendors and activities and performers. We, we have uh, the wonderful Monica Salva. Uh, will be coming and performing her uh, Hispanic Tejano um, influenced music and then a great reggae band called Watusi yes. uh, coming and performing. Okay. So we're still working on trying to finalize a couple of others um, to throw up on that stage there, but um, it's going to be a fun day multicultural uh, event and that's a free event as well. So there you have it. The entire spring summer schedule for yes. the lot Tell people where the lot is for those who have never been there, which I can't imagine. There are. We, we've discovered a lot of people don't know that we, we exist. And yeah. a lot of folks we've, we've discovered also don't know that downtown Mansfield exists. So the lot is downtown Mansfield. If you don't know where downtown Mansfield, um, it's on the corner of uh, Main Street and Broad Street. And it's on the west side of Highway 287. Go and enjoy some of the different uh, establishments downtown, shopping downtown. And and uh, yeah, come come see something at the lot. And if someone wanted more information about the spring summer schedule, uh, where can they find more information about the lot? So as of today, it'll be on our website, thelotdowntown.com, and then also on our Facebook page. Now, Jason, everybody who sits in that chair, who is a guest here on About Mansfield, goes through uh, what's called the lightning round. Okay. This gives the listeners a chance to really find out who the guest is. Uh, what what's really going on in their head? Okay, and so it is time now for the Jason Perrin lightning round. It's a very simple game of this or that. Uh, this is a clean game, right? Oh yeah. Okay, all right. I just want to make sure this is very clean. Um, all right, and it starts very simple. Night or day? Night. Science or art? Art. R and B or soul? Soul. Bass or drums? Ooh, that's tough. I love bass solos. And I know that people will probably turn off the radio right now. I enjoy a good bass solo. But I'll say drum. I love the groove. Acoustic or electric? Electric. Chess or checkers? Chess. Mom or dad? Uh, Wow. Um, (laughs) Well, my parents are in Canada, so they'll probably never... Wow, man, you ask these people this question? (laughs) Oh, they they change from... from... (laughs) Oh, okay. Um... So, wow, let's talk about daddy issues. Now, see, if that would have been asked of me, I would have said dad because I'm a dad. Yeah. Oh, but so, it doesn't mean that I'm choosing my dad. Gotcha. Just means... No, it's like, who do you love more? No. Mom or dad? Okay. No, just mom or dad. Mom. 
Mom. Okay. Chicken or beef? <laughs> Chicken. City or country? City. Mountains or beach? Mountains. Oh, beach. Beach. Sorry. I, I answered too soon. You beach. are wearing sandals. I am wearing sandals. What's your favorite ice cream? Uh, anything that Billy puts together at Hypnotic Emporium, nice. downtown Mansfield. Once again, you can find them at thelotdowntown.com. The spring summer schedule is now published. We appreciate uh, you giving us about Mansfield the opportunity to talk about the schedule. The schedule is now out, and we appreciate, uh, Jason, you you sharing the schedule here on About Mansfield. My pleasure. And uh, we're working on fall now, too, and hopefully have some big plans for next year as well. When the fall schedule's ready, you come back, we do it again. Sounds good. I'll send you my bill. Coming up next week on About Mansfield, it's Mansfield News, talk and information. We will also talk in studio with our Cocktail of the Week correspondent, Brian Certain, as well as a couple of good friends. And we will reveal the AM Podtail, a custom-made cocktail created just for this program, how you can make this drink at home, and where you can purchase one when you're out on the town. The show will be released on Wednesday, May 5th. Yes, Cinco de Mayo. Until then... Don't forget to follow this podcast if you haven't already, so you never miss an episode. It's free and it's easy. Just enter your email address on our website, aboutmansfield.com. We will never send you any spam. We promise. About Mansfield is recorded at Podcast Mansfield Recording Studio. Hosts, Steve Casillo and Colleen Daniel. Reporters, Stacey Main and Dennis Webb. Moment with the Mayor feature, Michael Evans. School Board Recap, Courtney Lackey-Wilson. Home Improvement feature, Terry Radswin. Cocktail of the Week feature, Brian Certain. Sports, Tommy Cummings. Post-production editing, mixing, and mastering, Steve Casillo. We thank you all for listening. On behalf of the entire news team, I'm Steve Casillo, and this is about Mansfield. Mansfield.